0: The views expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker at the time of the recording and not necessarily those of Jupiter and may change in the future. Jupiter is unable to provide investment advice, so we recommend you discuss any investment decision with a financial advisor. Market and exchange rate movements can cause investment decisions to fall as well as rise and you may get back less than originally invested. Any data or views expressed in this podcast should not be construed as investment advice. Hello and thanks for joining us. I'm Ashley Cowie and this is the latest episode in our Jupiter Active Minds podcast series. So today I'm joined by Charlie Thomas who is the Head of Sustainable Solutions here at Jupiter There is a huge amount that we can cover with Charlie, but today what I'll try and do is focus on the importance of investing responsibly, how environmental and sustainable themes have changed over time, and then I'll also try and find out how he manages to stand out in what seems to be an ever more popular investment space. So, Charlie, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ashley. Now... I think you'll be okay with me saying you're a bit of a veteran in this space. Um, So you actually launched the Ecology Strategy in 1988. And what I'm interested in knowing from you is during that time, how much has changed and in what ways?
1: Well, in a simple word, it's been dramatic um, in those 30 years. Um, I'll be honest, you know, when we started out, um, I think people looked at us and thought we were a little bit odd, a little bit strange looking at this kind of area investment. Um, and actually there were quite a lot of reasons why. Uh, you know, Quite simply things like the science around let's say climate change were unproven in many respects. There was a lack of awareness, uh, not a great deal of political will in this area, um, not even many products or services to be offered by companies in this area. So. That, that's understandable, but I think we have really seen, I would say particularly over the last 10 years, that this trend has really started to accelerate in a way that even someone who's been in the industry a very long time has actually been surprised by.
0: Great, and so you, you mentioned that 10 years in the past, but looking forwards, how do you see things changing in say the next 10 years?
1: its You're right, it's difficult to predict what the future is gonna look like. Um, Personally, I think where we are going to see a trend is I think there's going to be greater focus um, on the finance sector, really to kind of think about what the positives are in terms of sustainable finance. What does it do to society beyond just making money? And I think that is something that we will likely see happening. Um, But also, I think we're right at the start of this journey. I I often kind of joke and, and say that actually our strategy is 30 years young. Um, we are really at the beginning of this journey um, and there's a huge amount to be done in the sector and, and, and in greater society as well. So I think there's a lot to look forward to um, given that this journey's really only just started in my view.
0: You've been doing it for a long time but it seems that there are a lot of competitors now also bringing out ESG factors within their funds as if it's a mainstream requirement. How do you feel about others bringing the sort of ESG elements in?
1: From a kind of a big picture perspective, I think it's actually very positive. Um, I think the the wider uh, the understanding around ESG factors um, is an investment. I think that is a cause for common good. I think that's very important. But I think we also have to recognise there are many shades of it. There are many shades of green, many shades of ESG. And I do think it's going to be very important over the next few years that... Um, you know, funds and strategies which are looking at this area um, are very clear of what they do, what they're about, and indeed what they don't do and what they're not about. And I think that's very important to kind of really sort of promote consumer confidence, uh, uh, I guess, in in these kind of financial products going forward. So yes, I think overall, it's a very positive story. But it's important to recognise that we have to be very clear and honest and transparent to kind of the underlying investors in this area.
0: I know that i've heard a lot of people say that there's complicated language and one definition to one company could be completely different to another company Um, so how do you keep things clear while also trying to set yourself aside from these other ranges of funds and stand out in what is a saturated sector
1: i think the key thing really is, is you know at one level there's going to be more regulation uh, it could be where, where it might be. It could be in North America. It could be in Europe. It could be in Asia. And I think that's important because I think that really helps to make clear to the underlying investors the different differences between different strategies. Um, I think what's really clear right from the onset is being absolutely transparent in the fund's objectives and its approach, what it's about, and, wh- and wh- what it stands for. Um, and for me, that's really important. I think it's really important to be genuine in this sector. Um, and I think that's, an, that's something that will pull in more scrutiny over time, actually. I think that's something that you know, people will expect and, um, from fund providers in this space, being genuine to what the fund is really about.
0: And what would you say are the most important things for you as far as pulling out the main purpose of what you're trying to do?
1: I think we're, we're very clear, and indeed what we've always been about is really, and, and at the heart of what we do, is our focus on what we call sustainable solutions. And What do I mean by that? Well, actually I mean that we're really focused on companies where we believe at the core of that product or service of that company, there's a strong environmental purpose, providing renewable energies, uh, providing water technology, companies providing solutions to the circular economy debate. That is the, and really at the key and the core of what we do. And I think we've always been very transparent about that, very honest about that. Um, But I think that is an element which differentiates us um, because we've been doing it for a long time um, and that we're very clear about those objectives in terms of how we think about investing in the sector.
0: And I know that one question that you've probably had to deal with quite a lot, uh, but it is worth returning to is, do you think you can really make an impact in listed equities?
1: It is a really interesting debate. I, I, I'll be honest, and, and it's something that we've thought about quite a lot, actually, over the, kind of over many years, actually. Um, I think where we and we're actually quite careful about how we use the word impact in terms of communicating to to our investors, and, and the kind of the reason for that is that right at the heart of what we do, as I've explained, is that you know we are investing in companies which, by definition, are creating impact. They're creating solutions, but it's really The impact is only really an extension um, of what we do from an investment perspective. And so whilst there are components of investing in this whole kind of domain, particularly in the private sector or let's say early stage investing or indeed in some cases in fixed income, when you're bringing new capital into the market to really stimulate the market. We do have to be, in my view, a little bit careful of how we think about impact, and how we describe it, because you're right, buying a share, does that actually create impact? It's, an, it's a very interesting point, but what we're very clear is that our companies are impactful. And that's how we have preferred actually to kind of demonstrate that to kind of investors. So yes, it's a, it's a debate which will continue. Um, I think we've got a reasonably clear view on how we think about it, but yes, it's, it's a challenging one, I accept it.
0: So you've slightly touched on it there, the sort of looking for companies that have this great impact. How, how do you measure the impact of the decisions that you're making?
1: Yeah, the way that we think about it is that um, our companies, our investments are creating the solutions. And so what are they doing by creating the solutions? Well, in fact, they are creating what we call sort of indirect impact. They are creating and stimulating a positive environmental um, kind of return, as it were. And that's very much how we think about impact at one level. But we also recognize, I mean, by, we are very long term investors. So typically we might invest in a company for, in some cases, over 20 years. And I think what's really interesting is to, to to understand how that multi-year impact associated with that investment has, has happened. And I think that's a new area that we're really trying to focus in on, um, because I think that's actually very interesting for investors to understand and to learn about. Um, but it also helps to build that case around what's different about what we do and what we're looking for in terms of companies.
0: And- obviously you'll be very familiar with the idea of greenwashing um, where you have sort of screening processes and ranking systems to evaluate whether a company is sustainable. How do you go about handling those? Do you incorporate it into your decision making um, and do you think they're a useful tool?
1: What's clear in my view is that clearly because this sector has become much, much more popular of late. Um, There's a lot more interest in it that there is, you know, there's been a ballooning in the number of kind of offerings from companies around ESG ratings and screenings. And and that's understandable. I I absolutely understand that. Um, I think what's really different, what's really important to understand, though, is that when we look at these ESG ratings, to understand what's really behind them. Is it a black box? And they're creating, as it were, the algorithm in terms of that outcome, is an open source. Um, and that, that's very important because certainly one rating agency in this sector may be very di- have a very different outcome from another rating agency on the same company. Now, how informative is that for investors? And that's a really interesting dynamic, I think, that's playing out. Um, for me, actually, I think it's really fundamentally about the data the underlying data, what are those companies producing? Is that data credible? Is it right? Is it forward-looking? Whatever it might be, and for me, that's where the, that the, the really important element is to it. We've always done it, approach it ourselves when we're looking at our um, sustainable solutions, that we look at companies right from the f- looking at the fundamental data that they have. Um, and I think that's in a very important, I guess, differentiator for us because we've been around and done it for a long time. Um, But it does show that, you know, this sector, in my view, will evolve and it's evolving very quickly at the same time. But it does will naturally have challenges because of it's still in that very much in that kind of learning phase and that evolving stage that we're in at the moment.
0: As things do evolve over time, I, I imagine that some of the key themes have changed. So looking back over the last 30 years, what do you think have been the main themes for you, or what, what's really interested you the most?
1: I mean, in my view, we have we have a multiple thematic approach. So we will look at um, what we have we have what we call as seven investment themes. So um, they can be energy efficiency, they can be clean energy, water, sustainable agriculture, mobility. And all of these have their own, as it was, their own life cycle, their own ecosystem around them. And they do move and change in, at different paces over different, ti- over different time frames. But if I sort of look back really, I guess over the last decade or so, I think it's really been the decade for focus around um, water and around energy. Um, actually more recently, I would say is that in the, really in the last kind of two to three years, a much greater focus around what we call circular economy, which is really dealing with the issue of waste and how we think about materials. Um, likewise also around what we call sort of sustainable agriculture and nutrition. So those are, those are very much evolving and emerging very quickly as it stands. Um, but it's not to say that the are the one, other factors aren't important is that we do naturally get it. Each of those themes tends to have its own pace, has its own life, um, and is often recognised by the capital markets over different timeframes.
0: I guess a a final question that's impossible for you to predict the future, but actually looking forwards, are there any key sectors or investment themes that you can see that are, are potentially going to come about or are just starting to come around at the moment that you've got your eye on?
1: I'd probably highlight one area uh, to start off with, and and that's really around biodiversity. Uh, It's a very difficult subject for capital markets to understand. How do we value our biodiversity? It's incredibly important. We all know that from from a planetary perspective, but how do we value it and how do we think of it from an investment perspective? Um, And I think that is going to be one of the most interesting, albeit challenging, areas to invest in the sector over the next decade or so. But one I think which is absolutely fundamental and crucial, um, albeit it's often related to other factors as well, um, that we're going to have to look at and understand. So I would say certainly that is a, an area that we're really kind of trying to understand and understand how it materializes from an investment perspective. Um, there are clearly much bigger long-term issues as well. I mean, if we think about the economic models that exist around the world, they're very much driven on consumerism. Now, it's a very interesting debate that we're going to have to go, I think we're going to have to tackle over the next decade or so, which is to say, what is the right economic model going forward? If we have a planet with finite resources, there's a limit to what we can take out of that. We're already over-consuming as a planet in terms of our natural resources. And so I think this is an, an interesting um, debate which is will evolve, as I said, over the next decade or so because um, it's going to be absolutely fascinating when you take into the context as well of issues around you know wealth inequality around the world and all these other issues. But that is something I sort of we're sort of holding and looking at and understanding and how it may evolve and how it may affect many business models and approaches to economies as we go forward. So long-term subject, fascinating. And at some point, I think, we all, from a capital market perspective, and perspective as well as a societal perspective, are going to have to look at.
0: Brilliant. So I guess in ten years' time we return and see whether your prediction was correct. Well, uh, we'll see.
1: <laughs> but um, but there, yes, I, I mean I think in conclusion, actually, you know, what we're genuinely seeing in this era is that this is a it's a, an area which is evolving, evolving quickly. We see a lot of momentum, which I believe is really positive. I think it's really important that we sustain that in terms of how we develop products and services around that in the financial sector. That's going to be essential. Um, But we mustn't avoid some of those big long-term questions as well because uh, I think that's going to be very important.
0: Well that is probably all we've got time for and we've covered far more than I, I thought we would which is fantastic. So thank you very much Charlie. Thank you very much.